Welcome to Wine and Film, a Perfect Pairing. I'm film critic Gary Kogel, and this week Mark Wahlberg teams up again with director Michael Bay, and the result is still another Transformers movie, this one co-starring Anthony Hopkins, Stanley Tucci, and the great John Turturro, and it's called Transformers The Last Night. Now I'm wine expert Haley Hamilton Kogel. For this last night, we'll pair white night wines. Juicy, not subtle, and very popular, much like this film probably will be. So, Well, yeah, here's the deal in the Transformers movies. This will be the fifth of the Transformer movies. Do we really need five? Uh, no. And I'm <laughs> going to say this, that the first four movies have done a total worldwide business of $3.77 billion. Oh, my gosh. So they're, it's one of the greatest franchises. That's why we need another money. one. Yeah, it's yeah. just bringing, it's just like, it's a bank. <laughs> also, it is a bank. And also, um, the budget on this one, they've never really quite come out with it. It's been reported that it's around a quarter of a billion, like $250 million. So, or, I mean, $250 million, yeah. which is j- just an enormous, enormous amount. Back for- in the day when, um, I remember when United Artists, uh, did money for Heaven's Gate, Michael Cimino's film, and it cost $40 million, and it bankrupt the studio wow. when it was a bomb. Yeah. And so yeah. we've got a, a upwards of $200 million film. So the Transformers movies also I find interesting because the first one was kind of okay because it was it was a gimmick. And Michael Bay, Bay likes to— Transformers. Transformers. More than meets the eye. And— and you know they're toys. They're toys. It is. That's like what I was. They transform. Nineteen like eighties commercial. You twirl them around. They become yeah. a truck. You know, <laughs> and those kinds of things. So I, I get all of that. And I, I'm not the big fan of Rotten Tomatoes, but it's it's good to take notice of this. That the first Transformers movie is the only uh, movie to ever get over fifty percent. It just was over fifty percent by critics on Rotten Tomatoes because critics loathe the Transformers movies, and I'm one of them. I don't like them at all. Uh, this one is at 16%, <laughs> which is below 20, above 15. And listen, I walked out, and I think I thought to myself, I didn't hate it, but I really, really dislike it the more I think about it. And, and here's the deal. I've seen the Transformers movie. I have no idea what it's about, but I'm going to explain the first— 30 minutes to you because you'll kind of like this <laughs> or not. Well, there is, it's, yes. So I it agree. opens in medieval time. It opens during See, the Dark that, Ages. That has me written all over it. And there's Lancelot. It still doesn't make it any better. And there's King Arthur. <laughs> and there's Merlin, the magician, but he's an alcoholic, played by Stanley Tucci. And they're about to go in the battle and they're about to all die, all the knights. They're about to all die. And Merlin's in front of this cave and out comes a transformer. And he talks him into helping <laughs> oh them. God. And the next thing you know, all the knights get together, and they put their swords together to form that kind of canopy. And 20 feet above them, they all have personal transformers. Fast forward into now, and they dig them up, and they come back alive, and they're mad. But there's also a thing coming from uh, another universe to wipe out the world, and the good transformers fight the bad transformers, and the knights have to figure out what side they're on, and it's the biggest spectacle. I I think it's the biggest movie I've ever seen other than Cleopatra, which was (laughs) an epic. That had a 40-minute parade in it. It did. But but this is just huge. And I didn't hate it because of the spectacle, but the more I think about it, they just wipe out cities like it's nothing. Yeah, collateral damage is— The collateral damage is enormous of it. The Transformers are kind of interesting, but none of it makes sense. And I'll say it again. I've seen the movie, and I have no idea. I think it takes place kind of in Scotland, 
and England. And mm-hmm. Anthony Hopkins says the word B-I-T-C-H, bitch, three or four times. It's the weirdest thing to hear him say that. He's trying to— In a Transformers movie. In a Transformers movie. <laughs> so uh, I, I think it's a pretty dreadful film. Some of the reviews—you know, I read this piece that has actually influenced me a lot— and it, it came out of England, and it was a piece on the Transformers movie that it's kind of a microcosm of the, microcosm of the kind of garish, bullying society that's going on. That in the we world. live in. That mm-hmm. we live in this big, giant, garish, bullying society. And the Transformers movie kind of reflects all that. We can just throw everything at you in your face, and you're going to like it no matter what. And we're just giving it to you. And you know what? People do go, and they like it. These films are enormous. It had a soft opening on Wednesday and did not do great. And this is the first one that might not because the reviews have been so mm-hmm. bad. But the, I'm going to say, and, and I'm sorry to say, but I, I don't think the—well, I'm going to make a big, bold statement, Do so it. I apologize if I offend somebody. But I don't think that the audience that is going to see this film really reads a critical review. No, probably they, not. I don't think that they really care. If anything, they would rather— they would rather go and and prove the critic wrong and say how much they love it because because we do live in this time where if it's if if there's a lot of sort if there's a lot of 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 fighting yeah then then that seems to be a good thing if there's a lot of destruction if there's yes. a lot of of of, of power sh- showing your your strength and oh, yeah. all of this power i think that's why I loved Wonder Woman so much. I know you didn't like the end of it, but I just at least appreciated where she was coming from and that she wasn't coming from a revenge standpoint. She was coming from a love standpoint. I agree. I agree. And it's just... From a tough love standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. She has an Amazon. Come on. No, I I, I get that. That that movie is an Oscar contender compared to Transformers, The Dark Knight. I still don't understand. The Last Knight, not The Dark Knight. I'm, I'm the Dark sorry, The Knight Last Knight. The Dark Knight is, is the best of all of those <laughs> yes. movies. That's, that's the greatest of all in Christopher Nolan's film. But this movie is so baffling and so mind-boggling that you can watch it, and if you're 10, you're probably going to love it. But see, that even makes me sad. Like a 10-year-old shouldn't be sh- shouldn't be seeing this because it defines, you know. It's, so what did I love at 10? But it's but it's at Lawrence of Arabia. But if 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 you if you set up if if this is the if this is what kids are going to see now, mm-hmm. then how are they ever going to get to the next level? It's just like it's just like you know playing video games all day. Again, I'm I'm making a lot of enemies today. But if all you do is play video games all day, then you never real then then you never get out to to get to the next level, you know, if I you're agree. just playing shoot it up, you know, combat, whatever, then it, I just... Um, I think if you do any one thing all the time, you're kind of a mess. Yeah. Yeah, I, or, or you're limited. Maybe and, mess is not the thing, but you're pretty much limited in what's really going on. But... Um, is there is there any, like, is there a softness to this? Or is there a, you know, the... The female character, yeah, the does good, she have? Well, is the, there good, a, the good Transformers are, you know, want to do good, and they want to work with the humans. The bad Transformers want to wipe out all of humanity and not have humans, and let the Transformers take over Earth. So there's good and there's bad. It's good evil, mm-hmm. it, it, you know. And the good ones always in these movies at some point win, but there's so much collateral damage throughout this stuff. By the way, the girl in the film, and I forget her name. Because you've got all these big stars in a Transformers movie, and Mark Wahlberg is very good. He's so he's all in. He's very earnest. But the girl, the girl in the movie is the grand is the uh, direct descendant of Merlin, 
And so that's why it comes of back she is. Uh, to have. And she has to get her hands on, I don't know if it's the, it looks on like Excalibur. the Excalibur. <laughs> well, it's a stick now. It's just a oh. stick in a grave with Merlin's body. And they dig it up, the sarcophagus, and she grabs it, and all of a sudden, wow, she's the center of the... I, none of this makes any yeah. sense. So, Well, I mean, and if you just yeah. kind of think about something, like there's a way to to be over the top. There's a, there's a way to have a big... I'm just like thinking of Game of Thrones, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like that's a... There was a very long, you know, a, a series of books that are very well-loved that has become a very well-loved television show so granted they they've had seasons to flesh out the characters and and the storylines there's still a lot of fighting there's still a lot of collateral damage but it seems to make sense whereas it seems like a lot of these films are like how much how much can we destroy well, they and, do, uh, and, yeah. and 90 minutes. All these superhero movies. Or this one. This one was like two and a half hours long, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's just, oh, just about two and a half hours long. <laughs> two and a half hour Transformers. <laughs> with that. So I'm going to say this is my bold statement that the two worst films I've seen all year are Baywatch and this Transformers <laughs> movie. And and the more I think about it, this film will be much worse than Baywatch. At least that had girls. <laughs> and that's just from my own kind of silly. Ooh, that just sounds like a great double feature for stand. somebody. <laughs> oh, my God, the Transformers movies. Anyway, I, it, it, super popular, basically very popular, but but not a good film. So I think that, that this pairing, again, I hope I don't make any enemies. And I've had these wines, and I think these wines are, well, I just want to start out. So White Knight Wines, their official statement, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a little, little, little brief uh, intro. Last on. Night Movie. Uh, White Knight Wines. So their official statement is the White Knight swooping in to rescue the palate from ordinary wines. Say it isn't so. The sense of adventure of the White Knight is impossible to resist. Clad in shining armor, this charming knight provides a sensual escape from the mundane. Slip away to a secret meadow, take in a vibrant sunset, dance the night away with friends, or sip... In the paradise of quiet candlelight. I never wanted to be king. Uh, it's okay. So, um, wow. White Knight Wines, they're um, lovely white wines. They do a, a Prosecco, they have a Pinot Grigio, a Viognier, a Sauvignon Blanc. They're about 10 to $14 ish. Yeah. Um, they're not. They're not bad wines. They're not flawed wines. They're just not. There's just not a lot of subtlety to them. I think that that's, they're not complex at all. There's 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 no complexity. It's a but you know what? If I could sit on my porch in a hundred degree heat and just want to drink something that I don't have to think about, that's going to be a nice a nice porch pounder, quaffable, refreshing. Did you say quaffable? Quaffable. Want to drink it really fast. Because I am, because I just need something really cold. If if I don't want to <laughs> have a water, possibly tonight. <laughs> um, it's a it's it's a good wine, okay. and and so if you if you like something that's just very um, that doesn't take a lot of effort, maybe or I mean you know if you kind of think about what these Transformers movies are, it's not like they're Brainiac movies. No. They're, they're uh they're just kind of they're they're the they're the kind of films you you watch to to let your brain turn off for a little while maybe well one one of the reasons I became a film critic is that I didn't like film critics because they always talk down to you and i I think everybody can have their own yeah. version of cinematic ice cream absolutely and same I think the same thing with wine just mm-hmm. because it's not your favorite right or just because it's not my favorite doesn't mean that somebody out there is not 
going to sit on the porch and really enjoy. Well, and that's especially just, that price point. And and I, I again, and it's not even as much the price point. I just think I think a few of them because I love finding a bargain. You know that I yeah. love finding a, a bottle of wine that that I get really excited about that I can find for eight dollars or twelve dollars or fifteen dollars. I just want a little bit more. Just give me a little something, mm-hmm. whereas I just think that these fall a little flat. Okay, but for what they are, they're fine. I'll drink s- it on a hundred degree. And I, I, and I will just say from hearing you that this wine is much better than this film, <laughs> because you're going to pay ten, twelve to fourteen dollars or more because uh, Transformers is in 3D IMAX. IMAX, yeah. You're going to pay up to 20 bucks or more for a ticket. Have fun with and, that. Uh, and uh, I'd sneak this one in if I was you. <laughs> hey, when we come back on Kogel Wine and Film, a perfect pairing, we're going to raise a glass to summertime with a few refreshing wines <laughs> of the season. Let's talk about the good stuff that you like, and we will be right back. Welcome back to Kogil Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing. Time for some wine talk, specifically white wine to toast the summer. So here's my first question for you. What's the best? You get asked this a lot, too. What's the best <laughs> wine you've ever had in your life? What's the best bottle? What's the best dollar? $10 wine, $20. What's the best white wine for sipping right now? Because it's up to 100 degrees every day now. Well, and I do. And I uh, apologize again if I offended anyone with the in the white night camp because they're, they're fine wines, but some really great ones. It is now finally officially summer, even though it's felt like it for a while, but something to cool you down, revive you on these hot summer days. So there mm-hmm. are a couple... Um, I would kind of uh, ask anyone to kind of do an ABCs tasting. So that's anything but Chardonnay. Chardonnay, I, we drink a lot of Chardonnay. We love Chardonnay. But I think um, that just the the kind of texture that Chardonnay brings, maybe when it's so hot outside, will weigh you down a little bit. So right. a couple key regions that you know I love, uh, the wines of Alto Adige, so far northeast Italy. We've talked about several of them on the show before. Fantastic wines. I just, I still kind of always go back to this particular region because for such a... You know, for the food that's eaten in this part of Italy, it's very heavy. It's a lot of like polenta and pastas and and gorgeous dumplings. A lot of meats. Um, it's a lot. Of, well, it's you know, it's very much a working class part of Italy. It's farming is the main. Um, right. it, it's and so it's a lot of hearty. You yeah. know, so it's like it's like it's and it's very close to Germany. So you do have that kind of German bratwurst kind of influence and and lots of of like lots of hearty that's kind of the the cuisine that i noticed the most that it was just okay. very very hearty but it's at the the you know the in in the the base of the dolomite mountains so you're in this gorgeous mountain region very very high elevations that they're growing these these very very light refreshing white wines and that's so interesting for this very hearty food you have these very very light white wines that have so much freshness because there's so much acidity in them and that's is that because of the altitude it's the altitude it's also because the daytime it's the 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 kind of diurnal temperature shift because the daytime is very hot but then the nighttime gets so cold and because you are at these high elevations it just kind of traps that freshness in these grapes to to keep them very very juicy very light Mm. And very, very vibrant. And I just, I just found them to be so exciting. And you can also find really 
interesting ones, great ones for for reasonable prices, anywhere from ten to twenty dollars. There are a couple um, that that I just fell so in love with. A couple of different wineries, kind of anything that they make. Elena Volch, um, Legator. Um, Abitia de Novacella, that is an uh, yes. abbey in, in the region that, oh, just yeah, every, their kerner, I am so over the top about. Um, Kesselfelder, there's so, there's some really interesting ones. It's also a region that has a lot of consortiums because there are a lot of, or a lot of, um, a, there are a lot of farmers that maybe have a few rows. And so they, not, um, Consortiums. There are a lot of co-ops, and so there are a lot of farmers that kind of have a few rows of vines that then bring them to to uh, a co-op, and then um, kind of the co-op makes the wine and distributes it back to the farmers, or distributes it out to to the marketplace. Are they usually blends? Well, no, they'll be they'll they'll be a blend of different. Um, like different vineyards, but right. it'll still be it'll still be like a a, a Pinot Bianco or okay. a Gewurztraminer or a, okay. a Kerner or Riesling. Um, but the nice thing about it, and this was one region because there are co-ops in in many wine regions, but kind of the the restrictions and the 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 goal for the region and that all of the kind of farmers in the region. Uh, agree to the maintenance at these incredible quality standards. So every, even a, a co-op wine is going to be a really great wine. Um, love those wines. Think that they're, think they're really interesting and, and we've enjoyed yeah. many You've of them. You've taught me to look years. for Alta Adige. And, yeah. um, yeah. So, so that's kind of one of, of my first ones. And it's anything from a kind of, Typical Pinot Grigio to these Pinot Biancos and and Mueller Thurgau and Tiffin Brunner makes a beautiful Mueller Thurgau. Um, That's easy for you to from say. one of the highest elevation vineyards in in the region. Just a really really beautiful. A um, couple other ones, you know, I love the the wines of Sancerre. When we were in Paris, we drank a, a lot of Loire Valley wines. Great Sancerre, great Vouvray's, great Puy Fumets. Why do they always taste great in Paris? Too? Well, they it's because they're they're because Paris is so awesome. Because you're already happy, and so it just yes. it just makes them a little bit makes them a little bit better. I'll what? even drink a, a darker colored rosé on the streets of Paris. Well, yes, and like it less than I normally would. Yes, because I like my light colored rosés. You do like you do like light colored rosés. What's your favorite wine of summer? Um, you want to ask me what I had for lunch today? What did you have for lunch today? I looked at a menu and I ordered a glass of uh, Albarino. Nice from Riesbach. Uh-huh. Yeah, from there. I saw it in the menu and I want to have that. It was absolutely lovely. Do you remember which one it was? Um, I want to say. No. Okay. <laughs> no. I'll have to think about it. If you said it, I, I recognize the label. Good. Yeah. Um, which, that's another region or that I, I, the, I do the name, love. Yeah. Kind of the far northwest part of Spain, in Galicia, Rish Bashas, uh, Albarino is their key grape, brings in this lovely kind of brininess from the sea, uh, along with just really, really vibrant, juicy, lots of citrus, uh, kind of floral notes, um, Martin Kodak's is, is one of their big co-ops that, that is a big producer, but, um, gosh, there's so many, there's, there, there's just so many different producers that, that kind of, 
thrive and and have done such a a, a great job and and kind of celebrating individual varieties in these regions. And it's kind of like how Willamette Valley figured out that Pinot Noir was their grape. It's it's great to see regions that kind of follow along with that. Like this little pocket of Spain found that Albarino was going to be their best variety because of their conditions, because it is very green. It is cooler than other parts of Spain. Um, the grapes are, are often grown in pergolas, so they they are high above the, you know, they, yeah. they grow up... Um, high vines that kind of hang down and then you have to be very tall to pick them crops are are planted underneath them um also we drink we drink a lot of not a lot but um you talk about argentinian wines quite a bit and and they they make some just beautiful whites they do they're we think malbec but they make some beautiful their their tarantes is kind of their um key white variety and i think it does kind of remind me a little bit of some of these alto adige wines just because they're grown you know, high in the the foothills of the Andes, so they have that that mountain influence. And I remember the first time I tried Tarantas, and it was always kind of a fun wine to to teach with because you you smell Tarantas and you think it's it might be a sweeter wine or an off dry wine because it's very very floral, but then it has this great punch of acidity on the palate. So it so it brings that brightness and all that freshness and juiciness in on the palate with some of these nice kind of white flower notes, which I think is really fun. You've introduced me also to very dry Rieslings. I love dry Rieslings. And I don't have to say the word very, just dry Rieslings. Because uh, I, I got it in my head back in the day, you know, 10, 15 years ago, that all Rieslings were sweet mm-hmm. and in a skinny bottle. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I've learned that dry is really good in Rieslings. And th- that there's a, there's a taste of petrol and that that's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had to get over that. But a really good dry Riesling, because we've been around some Riesling freaks, and it was really fun for me. That's that's been one of my favorite trips with you. It's just to discover something that I didn't know at all. The Riesling rendezvous, and I'm not afraid of them anymore. Yeah, we yeah. did we did yeah. a show on Riesling uh, last summer, and and that was a really fun opportunity, just because the the breadth of flavors that a Riesling can take on from being very dry to being very sweet is so interesting and 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 then also what happens to riesling as it ages and and that petrol you know kind of what happens with that petrolness as a wine ages there's such great minerality though there's such great um you you have the lovely fruit but then you you get this really kind of st- crushed stone earthy minerality that that can mm. just shine and and those wines of Germany and and you know Washington state has done an incredible job with some of their rieslings Oregon Brooks winery in Oregon has done a great job with their rieslings I'm a, um, I'm kind of a nut on the Oregon Chardonnays yes and and if I see it on the menu and I don't see it very often I'll see Oregon Pinots on the but mm-hmm. not the Chardonnays I'll go for it uh, if the price is right mm-hmm. but I I I think that's kind of my favorite mm-hmm. right now if I can get it and get my hands on a bottle of it is they are. They do tend to be a little bit lighter, maybe than some of the. I don't know if lighter is a better term, but um, they're very French style. They're they? they're very very French style, and that was because of of uh, thanks to our buddy David Adelsheim, but his whole um, process of of figuring out the right kind of clones of Chardonnay to plant in Oregon and bringing them back from Dijon versus the the Winte clone and the California clones because. It's just cooler in Oregon, so you want something that that is better 
uh, suited for the climate versus the the you know hot sunshine of of California. And so though though I you know I'm, I'm, I I you can have an Oregon Chardonnay even though we're we're not talking Chardonnay because it is so clean and crisp versus some of those California Chardonnays that yes. are a little bit richer and a little well, bit. Well, in the hot weather I don't really want a butter bomb. Right. I really want a really dry, really crisp and you know, there's some lovely Pinot Gris. Also, there's some uh, Raptor Ridge has a, yeah. a stellar Gruner Veltliner from from their. Uh, and the Pinot Gris are reasonable. They are. The Chardonnays can get really pricey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But re- really good stuff. It's fun. All right, I've learned a lot. I know about Alvarino, and and uh, I, I I know about Rishpach. <laughs> I know about Alvarino. <laughs> Alvarino. Alvarino from from yes from yeah. Portugal. Yeah. Uh, just good, just really good stuff. Uh, next week on Kogel One and Film A Perfect Parent, a film I've been waiting for all year. And I'm conflicted about it, and I can't wait to talk about it. It's Jamie Foxx, it's Kevin Spacey, it's John Hamm, it's Lily James, and Ansel Elgort in an Edgar Wright film. And look for it. It's called Baby Driver. For more on the wines and films we talked about today, please visit our blog on kogilconsulting.com or through Facebook. Follow Gary on Twitter at Gary Cogill and see what we're drinking now by following me on Instagram and Twitter at Dallas Uncorked. And we'll have a whole bunch of fun photos from our weekend, this weekend, in New York at the James Beard House. Yes, you're doing wine at the James Beard House so, on Monday. We'll have Congratulations. Some, yeah, thank you, baby. That's a big darn deal. I'll be sitting in the background smiling. We'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that on next week's show also. Haley's going to the Beard House. <laughs> With that, I'm Gary Cogill, and as usual, I'm looking for the next great film. And I'm Haley Hamilton Cogill, always in search of a great glass of wine. Join us next time on Cogill Wine and Film, A Perfect Pairing.